turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. We're going to read from verses 30 all the way to 37. Luke chapter number 10 from 30 to 37. This, if you want a context of this particular passage, Jesus had just told the story of the Good Samaritan. And the Bible says, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. Who stripped him of his clothes, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that, that road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. Likewise, a Levite, who had arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and he saw him and had Compassion. Somebody say compassion. compassion. So he went with him and bandaged. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal and brought him to the inn and took care of him. On the next day, he departed. He took two denaries and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, "Take care of him. Whatever more." You spend, when I come again, I will repay. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus answered and said, or Jesus said, go and do likewise. Somebody say, go and do likewise. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to talk about a subject I entitled Commitment to Compassion. Commitment to Compassion. And this is in, um, as we are talking about, we are in the month of uh, blessed of the Father. It's something that I think we need to be reminded. That as Christians, one of the main things that Jesus told us, instructed us to do, is to have compassion. Amen. He said, he gave a story, he said that a man was walking down uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves. I heard a, a, a great preacher preach one day and he said that if he had not been going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, he would not have fallen among thieves. Now, in case you don't know, the topography of uh, that area. Uh, Jerusalem is on a hill. And Jericho is in the valley. So he cannot be going up to Jericho. If he's from Jerusalem, he has to be going down the hill. It was not because he was in a... He was going down and therefore was going away from the will of God. That is why he fell amongst thieves. He fell among thieves, unfortunately, because that is part of life. I have a a story, like a joke. Can I tell you? They said, um, I want to read the joke because I'm not very good at telling jokes. He says, a man fell into a pit. And he could not get himself out. A a Christian scientist or a Scientologist came to him and he said to him, you only think you are in the pit, but you are really not in the pit. A Pharisee came and said, only bad people fall in the pit. You must be a bad person. A compassionless fundamentalist came and said, you deserve your pit. A charismatic Pentecostal Christian said, just confess that you are not in the pit and you will not not be in the pit. A Methodist came and said, we brought you some food and clothing whilst you are in the pit. A Presbyterian said, this is no accident. You know, 
you must have fallen because there is something called karma. An optimist said things could have been worse. So thank God that you only fell in the pits. A pessimist a, 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 a pessimist says that things can get worse even in the pits. Have you checked by your side? A snake may be lurking in the pits. Jesus, seeing the man in the pit, took him by the hand and lifted him out of the pit. Oh, are you clapping or you are doing something like... Hallelujah. So... I don't know which of the denominations you fall in. But, but can I submit to you that we Christians of today don't know much about compassion. We, we like hearing messages about how we can become on how we can get to the top, how God is going to bless us, how God is going to elevate us. And it's all about us and us and us and never about compassion for others. So today I thought it wise by the grace of God to talk about compassion. Before I really go into compassion or go into talking about what is compassion? Compassion as it's used in the Bible, means to be moved inwardly or to yearn with tender mercy or affection or have sympathy for others. It doesn't stop there. Having sympathy on others alone is not compassion. What makes it compassion is having sympathy or having empathy for what somebody is going through and finding a resolution within yourself to help the person. Am I talking to somebody? It means the capacity to share the feelings of somebody, enter into that same feeling and help them out. Pull them out. Not leave them there. Not pray for them. Not send them cupcakes. You know, I, I have a problem with the way we treat the homeless on Christmas Day, we, we, we feel guilty because we have too much to eat. We have too much food, too much, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, Christmas um, lunch and drink and everything. And after doing all that, to really appease our conscience, we go out and we give some food and some spare change and some chocolates and a warm drink to the homeless and leave them right there. That is incomplete compassion. Uh, I, I knew it's not going to be a popular message today. I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of amens. So I brought the whole bag, a bag full of amens to, uh, to encourage myself as I preach. Hallelujah. Because we are all guilty, including myself. Our bowels of compassion does not stretch very far. It is to the immediate people, family, the people that are close to us, people we can reach, people we can engage with. Jesus one day said that if you give to those who, when you are broken, go to and collect, what have you done? You haven't done anything. But when you give to those who cannot give back, you have given to the Lord. Hallelujah. I said you have given to... Let, let's read another passage in the scripture, in the Bible. Turn your Bibles with me. I'm preaching already. I said I'm preaching already. Uh, I don't know whether you are with me. Matthew 25, 35 to 45. Matthew chapter 25 from verses 35 all the way to 45. Are you there? Oh, I said, are you there? Did you bring your Bible to church? Only three people brought their Bibles. The day Joel's Bible filled, what did you do? (laughs) Are you in Matthew 25? Verse 34 says that, Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, 
You blessed of my father. This is where we got the name blessed of the father. Are you with me? Come you blessed of the father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous answered him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you? Or thirsty and gave you a drink? When did we see you when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, in as much as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand side, depart you cast into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you did not give me food. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. I was naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and you did not, and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also answered, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say, inasmuch as you did not do it for one of these, the least of these, you did not do it for me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting Life. Hallelujah. I think it's self-explanatory, isn't it? I don't know whether you want me to elaborate a little bit more. But he didn't talk about when he, you, you weren't praying. He didn't say that you weren't preaching. He didn't say you weren't doing any of those things. He said you saw me in need and you did not have compassion for me. Some, sometimes... When we see homeless people, we, 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 we do what the, the Levite did. The Levite came and looked and then went his way. The priest went the other way because he doesn't want to be contaminated. The Pharisee, you deserve it. You must be a bad person. That's why you are where you are. It is the drugs that have brought you here. You'll be amazed to find out that we are all one mishap away from being homeless. Can I say that again? You are one mishap away from being homeless. I was talking one of the days we went to talk to the homeless, I was talking to this particular man who was telling me he had a good job, he had a wife and um, I think four, was it four kids? Four kids, he was working as he mentioned he told me the exact company he was working for and he had a messy divorce through the divorce the wife collected everything and then you know, one thing leads to people, there are people who don't deal with issues very well. When they go into certain issues, they, they use drink or they use, you know, self-harm, self-abuse to deal with the issue that it's at hand. Let me tell you, you cannot use one problem to solve another problem. Can I, can I say that? You cannot use abuse, one abuse to solve another abuse. Somebody will say is that I became a prostitute because I was raped. I became, uh, I, I got hooked on drugs because I, I was uh, uh, raped or something evil happened to me and I don't think my life is worth anything. That is why I've ended up where I am. Let, let me tell you, you cannot use one abuse to correct another abuse. Am I talking to somebody? There is no justification of wallowing in self-pity. 
Oh, I don't know whether I am. I said there is no justification for throwing a pity party and inviting only you and spending the whole lifetime in that party. Hallelujah. I'm going to shut myself out of the world, going to drink myself to stupor and sit here, roll to one corner and die there. No. No. Encourage yourself. Dust yourself up. It is only the living that go through mishaps. It is those who are walking that have a greater chance of proclivity of falling. If you are sitting, you will might not fall. If you are lying down, the chance of you falling is less. But when you are walking or you are running, then the chance of you falling is great. Hallelujah. So when somebody falls, when somebody's in a mess up, when somebody is going through, don't judge them. I said, do not judge them. Sometimes the way we try to appease our conscience is by judging others. Preach. Preach it faster. Yeah. They are, they, they are on drugs. They are bad people. They are this, they are that. Listen. If you went through half what they went through, maybe yours would be worse. Maybe you will not be on drugs. <laughs> You'll be on what, Pastor? <laughs> <laughs> Am I talking to somebody? You're preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you cannot be a good minister without compassion. Those of you who are spiritual and you want to, to, to become any great, uh, what do you call it, man of God or, or a powerful person, if you remove compassion from anointing, you will not function. Because anointing functions on compassion. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. I'm talking to the spiritual ones amongst us. You know, for some of us, this, is, this will fly over your head. That's okay. Uh, give me volume. Give me volume. Let me talk. Uh, listen, without compassion, your anointing is worth nothing. Anytime, if you read the Bible, anytime Jesus ever healed anybody, Jesus ever did any miracle, it was, the, the Bible said, and he was moved with compassion. That phrase, if you like, circle it in the Bible, you see that it is a lot. He was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. How can you be a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and not be moved with compassion? Hallelujah. When you talk about giving to the homeless, none of us really are interested. When we say we should, you know, it's like when you say blessed of the Father, people bring their clothes, they take all the ones that they have overworn. That have holes in them. And then you come and... This is my dumping ground. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, you sift through and... If they bring 100% clothes, you sift it through and about 45 to 50% you have to chuck away. Because you will not wear it. To have compassion means that see the person as you. Move into the person. The fact that I'm down doesn't mean that I need raggedy clothes to wear. Oh, I lost some people. Preach, Pastor, preach. I said I lost some people. It's a message. The, the, the fact that you are okay doesn't mean everybody's okay. The fact that you have a good job and you happen to have fallen on the right side of life. You know, all of us are products of our upbringing. You know, there are some babies who have accommodation problems. Did you know that? They were born with accommodation problems. Oh, I lost the church. I lost the church. I lost the church. How many of us, I'm going to ask a question. How many of us, if we were given the option to choose when we're coming out as a baby, we would have chosen the family we came from? Give me a wave. See, very f- I knew I was going to get very few people. How many would have wanted a better family? Give me a wave. I don't know about you, but I would have wanted the, the Buckingham Palace. 
Um, I would have, you know, because if you come out as prince, even if you are the 55th in line, you're okay. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to be the first in line or the second in line. I don't want responsibility. I want to be part, you know, the part of the entourage when they are going, we are following. At least you will get some benefits. Some of us, we, are, we enjoy the education we enjoyed because of where we fell. There are some who did not fall where you fell because they were not as fortunate as you are. They didn't get the benefit of a mother you had or a father you had. You are preaching. So before you, you, you look down your nose and judge them, Check. If you had gone through what they went through or what they had been through, I don't think you will be sitting where you are sitting. Uh, I don't know whether I'm getting... Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to get amen, so I'm not worried about your amen, but the way you're looking at me is like... <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus was a man of compassion. Somebody says that Jesus lent compassion because he was born in a manger so he could relate with people at the bottom. Uh, I, I am, I am for, for, for the sake of argument, I, I, I think, I, I tend to agree that maybe if he was born in the palace, he would not have related as well with the poor as he did. But if you read the Bible in, in, in Luke chapter 4, the Bible says, verse 8, it says that for the, the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I, I, he said, I came for the poor. My, my gospel was to the poor. The anointing that is on me. Put, put, the, put that scripture, Luke 4. 4.18 He said my gospel is essentially to the poor. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to who? See anointing. The next thing after anointing is what? To the poor. Now in case you are wondering it's not just the monetary poor alone but the people who are poor Poor means you are, you are lacking in something. The gospel is for those who are lacking in some area. It could be financial, it could be emotional, it could be you know, spiritual, it could be anything. But the gospel essentially is for the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Anointing without healing the brokenhearted is not anointing. To proclaim liberty... To the captives, the recovery of the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Hallelujah. Our Christian uh, responsibility is captured in this scripture. I was going to use a word, but I don't want you people, I don't want it to take away from the message. But our Christian ethos is encapsulated in this. Sila. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we can never call ourselves Christians, believers, and not extend our Christian virtues to those who are needing. Amen. We cannot extend our Christian virtue to those who are poorer than us. How can you say you are a Christian and you can't share the gospel to somebody who doesn't know as much as you know? Because somebody who doesn't know as much as you know is poorer than you. How can we call ourselves Christians and we see somebody destitute and we cannot give to them? They are going to use... One day I told my wife, if anyone ever ask you for anything give them 
what you can. Do you remember? Years ago, I asked them, if anybody comes to ask you for money, it doesn't matter whether the person is high on drugs, drunk like a skunk, it doesn't matter. Give them something. Because you know it is very demeaning to go and ask somebody. It takes a lot of, a whole lot of uh, 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 dropping of your pride to go to somebody and say, I need help. Or I need something. And for you to look at them in the face and say, I cannot help you. That is slapping them. You see, because I've swallowed humble pie to come and ask. And then you look at me in the face and say that I cannot. So maybe you may not be able to give as much as they want. But whatever you can give towards what they are looking for, give them. For the Bible said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Am I talking to somebody? Hallelujah. Compassion is Christianity. Let's look at areas that Jesus was compassionate. Or the areas, we'll look at a few areas that Jesus showed his, his compassion and expects us to show our compassion. These areas are areas Jesus showed his compassion. Number one, he feels for the scattered ones. Matthew, give me the scripture. Is it Matthew 9, 36, 34? It says that then Jesus went, 35, then Jesus went about the cities teaching and teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with what? Compassion for them, for they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Then he goes on to say, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest field. Compassion for the lost ones. How many of us are compassionate for people who are lost? People who are backsliding. People who are giving up. People who are on their way to hell. How many of us are compassionate and we feel that we can do something to help? Even in the church. You can take her through here. Bye. Have fun. Hallelujah. How many of us, even in the church, when a brother falls, the Bible says that the worst place for us to fall as Christians is in the church. We all have knives behind us. As soon as you fall, we are the only people that know how to kill our wounded. The story is told of the man who saw Saul on his own sword, half dead. And the man was dying. Saul was dying and Saul said to the man, come, fall upon me. Kill me so that the the Philistines don't get me. And the man took his sword and killed Saul and ran to David and told David that I saw Saul hanging between life and death. And he asked me to kill him. And I took my sword and I Aided him out. (laughs) What did David do? David asked his servants to kill that person. How is it that you are not afraid to see a brother, an anointed person, dying and you pull out the knife and finish them? We are the ones who criticize our fellow brothers who have fallen. We are the ones who expose them. We are the ones who would 
even go to them and curse them in their face. We are the ones who know how to throw darts at the wounded. No empathy. If it was you in that predicament, the first thing you want is fire cover. You want somebody to cover you. You want somebody to protect you. But why is that you don't protect your brother? Why is it that you don't go and visit them? Uh, I saw Sister Watamelandra. This time her condition has gotten worse. She was totally drunk. And she was throwing up. And there were three boys who were holding her. And you took pictures. And you have come to show it to us. Evidence. So that we do what? Put it on Snapchat. See how the mighty have fallen. If it was you, you would want somebody to bring a cloth to cover you. Preach it. Hallelujah. One day, Noah was drunk in his tent. And then his son went to sea. He had three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. They went to sea. It was Ham that saw it first. And went telling everybody and laughing. (laughs) Come and see, daddy is drunk. This is the man God spoke to, to build that ark. He's drunk and he's naked. Bible says that Shem and Japheth walked backwards with a cloth. They didn't even want to see their father's nakedness. They walked backwards with a cloth and they covered their father's nakedness. When the father woke up, Nobody told the father what had happened. But being a man of God, he knew something had happened. Listen, the fact that somebody is, is drunk, somebody is on high, doesn't mean God has abandoned them. Are you, are you with me? I'm not telling that's a license to go get yourself drunk. No, no, no. But the fact that somebody is down on their luck, that don't mean that God has forsaken them. A righteous man shall fall several times and rise again. A saint is just a sinner who fell down and rose up. Ah, I don't know whether you understood what I said. The fact that I'm down doesn't mean that I'll be down all, all the time. I'll get up again. You, you haven't been down before. That's why you're doing what you're doing and saying what you're saying. For you, when they fall down, you may never rise again. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Learn how to have compassion. Compassion means empathize. Put yourself in the person's shoes. Something must have happened. That's why they backslidden. Something may be going wrong. That is why they are where they are. Something may be happening. If if I went through what they are going through, I may not survive. Let me be a friend and help them. Amen. Amen. We hold our Bibles. Come to church. With our nose in the air. By the grace of God. By the grace, by the grace of God. You know, all these people, they were drunk yesterday. They can't come, get up and come to church. Look at me, I'm going to church. Jesus name. Where is your compassion for the lost? Oh, I've lost the church. I've lost the church. I've lost the church. I've lost the church. I'm not going to get it back. I've lost the church. Are they here? Are they here? Are they here? Are they here? If you are here, say, hey. Okay, they are back. I don't know how long they are back for. As long as we can stand In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he says that go into the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Because Jesus doesn't want us, the, the world to go to hell. That is why he came. To seek and save the lost. He said, I came to seek. Put that scripture on. He came to seek 
and save that which was lost. That is why he came. How many of us are seeking the lost? See, if we're seeking the lost, we will not have enough chairs for, the, for, for, for people in this room. Ah, I have my own problems. Ah, it is, ah, yeah, yeah. It's all about me. It's, about, it's not about you. I say it's not about you. Hallelujah. It is not about just you. You have what you have. You are what you are for others. Amen. Before you throw your next food in the garbage bin. Plenty goes in the garbage. Before you throw your next meal into the garbage bin. He came to seek and save the lost. Before you criticize somebody, go and seek them. Hallelujah. Let's be one another's keeper. Look out for them. Love them. Ask yourself, if it were me, going through what they were going through, what would I want somebody to do for me? And do likewise. Go help them. Go get them. I said, go get them. Amen. I, I, I put a, 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 um, a video, a little video on my, I said, I think I put it on Nanda, of my friend. This guy was one of the cleverest guys in my year. In fact, he was about two or three years younger than us, most of us in that year. He, 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 he was the best student. When we did our common entrance to go to high school, he topped the whole of West Africa. When we came to Form 1, I mean, he was, he was promoted about three or four times above his. His father was a professor. His mother was a teacher. So you can imagine. Very clever. Unfortunately, as Things went on. Life went on. He fell into drugs. I mean, and hard liquor, hard alcohol. And for those of you who saw that um, video, for 30 years, he's never, he doesn't, he said, I don't remember how to be sober. He said somebody saw him with his mother and they thought he was working with his wife. <laughs> because, you know, alcohol and drugs ages you. Listen, those of you who have played with it, don't, don't be, not, be not mistaken. It ages you. Uh, when they take crack, then to, when you take coke, you'll be fine. It's not true. Alcohol is one of the deadliest drug. Alcohol. Preach it, pastor. Most is the beginning for most entrance into. It's like the entrance to everything you can think of. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are, are you with me? It messed his life. All the friends forsook him. Everybody saw him, laughed at him. Lost everything, lost his job, lost his life. But thank God for a second chance. I said thank God for a second chance. God is a God of another chance. And God has given him another chance. Amen. And he says that it has it's become his mission in life to go around looking for those who are where he was. But you see, you don't have to be on drugs and come out before you go to where those are. 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because he can relate. He has compassion because he, that was him. He said it took a man of God to come and rescue him. But how many know that you are the man of God somebody is looking for? Mm. You are the woman, the man of God that somebody is looking for to rescue them. For some of you, all you need to do is go and bring them to church. That's the compassion. Go and find them, bring them to church. The solution is in the word of God. They will find help. For some of us, we roll with our, our crew, our friends and everything, and then the last thing on our minds is the identity and where they will end up. Doesn't even occur to us. Uh, I don't know whether you're understanding what I'm saying. I don't know whether you're with me. No compassion. No, go on to the next one, number two. Number two. The second thing that Jesus was, had compassion, he feels compassion for the sinning ones, those who are sinners. Remember the, the criticism of the, of the um, Pharisees who, who, when Jesus went to dine in the house of a Pharisee and the woman, a sinner, came with tears and washed uh, his feet with the, the hair. He said that if this man knew how sinful this woman is, there is no way there's no way he would have allowed her to come close. And Jesus said that the one to whom much is forgiven, they love much. Maybe, maybe the reason why we don't love much is because we have not been forgiven much. Can, can I submit that to somebody? That maybe the reason why you don't, give, you don't care about others is because you don't think you have been forgiven much. You don't think that God has done much for you. That is why you don't feel that it's necessary to go looking for somebody. Oh, I don't know whether you agree with what I'm saying or not. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but I, I pray, I pray. I, I don't know about you, but I pray. I pray that God will, God, God will touch somebody's heart. I said God will touch somebody's heart. So that from, they will change, we will change the way we relate to people we call sinners. Amen. Put the scripture up. When Jesus heard of it, he departed. That's Matthew 14, 12. He departed by a boat and went to a desert place himself. But when the multitude heard of it, they followed him there from the city. There's some little echo. And when Jesus went out, he saw the, the multitude and was moved with compassion. Can you see the word compassion again? For, for them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, the disciples came and said to him, this is a desert place. The hour is already late. Send them away. And they went away. That they go away to the villages and buy food. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Feed them. Find something for them to eat. You give them something to eat. Hallelujah. Then they took, we only have five loaves. See, the disciples were always interested in what they were interested in. Not what God is interested in. We only have five. We don't have much. We cannot share. We cannot, no, we, we cannot be inconvenienced. We cannot, you know, have to go through the cold to go and see somebody. Cannot go and visit anybody. If they won't come to church, they know what time church starts. If they won't come to church, it's their problem. If they want to backslide, let them backslide. See, there are some people that every time you chase them to come to church, and they, it looks as if you are bothering them. But one day they will say thank you. Amen. I say one day they will appreciate you for, for, for not giving up on them. Hallelujah. How many appreciate somebody who never gave up on you? So don't give up on somebody else. Keep keeping on. Hallelujah. Next one. Next one. See, quickly. He feels compassion for the sick. Jesus did not only care about people 
who were useful to him in ministry, but also people who were sick. Do you know that charismatic Christians, we are interested in those who, who are always around us. Those who are doing something, they are the ones we are interested in. The rest can go to hell. If you are not doing anything in church, you don't perform any tax in church, then really, we don't really care whether you live or die. But if you are doing something, then when you fall down, we'll come for you. Uh, But that's not Jesus. That is our selfishness talking. That is not Jesus. Jesus said, I came to seek the lost. He came to bring healing to the brokenhearted. Amen. Luke chapter 9 verse 9, he says that, 19 verse 9, he says, and the son of, of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. For the son has not come to seek and save that, sorry, move on. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable. And he was near Jerusalem because they thought that the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Amen. And he talked about how this noble man went for a far country. I don't want to go into that. But he was always about those who were less fortunate, those who were sick. How, how many of us don't like going to the hospital? I'm the first. I think I can lift two hands and maybe a leg. Because hospital is one of the things I don't like doing. But it's part of ministry. I said it's part of ministry. You can never say you're a, a minister, a, a, a pastor, and hate hospitals. Then you're not a good pastor. Because you have to visit the sick. There's a hymn. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save. We don't sing those type of songs anymore in church. Because we don't rescue the perishing. We are looking for those who have money to come and do offering. See, the place is very quiet. If I was talking about miracles or how you get the blessing, how God will give you money in your pocket, you see, we'll all be standing there. The man is preaching. Now, when I'm talking about you looking out for somebody else, you see you're looking mm, like that. <laughs> preach, Christopher. Preach, black man. Preach. Uh, a leper came to him, employed him, kneeling down to him, saying to him, if, if you are willing, make me clean. And Jesus said that I will. Then Jesus was moved with compassion, stretched out his hands, and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. How many are willing to go and visit somebody? Go and pray for somebody who is sick. Um, Are you with me? Are you with me? Only three people are with me. Samantha, I lost the church. I lost them. I'm trying, but they are lost. <laughs> okay. Number, what number are we on? Number four. He feels compassion for the suffering ones. Somebody is suffering. Suffering. Somebody may be suffering because they lost their job. They can't pay their rent. Somebody may be suffering because they've just come out of a broken home, a broken relationship. They lost their partner. The partner is just up sticks and left. Some may be suffering because something bad has happened. Listen, bad things happen to good people sometimes. Oh, I don't think you heard what I said. I said bad things happen to good people sometimes. All of us can be the victim one day. And if you are in that that situation, you would want somebody to come and help. Somebody to contribute. 
somebody to bring something to help. Hallelujah. Some of us, our bowels of compassion has been shut, sold perpetually, sold, and tied up. Never opens to anybody. Never ever. When was the last time you gave to somebody? We are receivers. I receive it. In Jesus, I lock it. That is all we hear from church. Christian, uh, what do you call it? Charismatic Christian. I I receive it. I take it. it. I lock it. That's all we know. We don't know how to give it. (laughs) I let go. (laughs) We don't know how to give it. I'm going to make you do something. To show me that you have understood this message. I'll let you, at the end of the service, I'm going to do something. You're going to take an offering for the homeless. That's one thing. The second thing is that I want you to get your best Sunday best clothes. Bring it to church on Sunday. Amen. And give it to somebody else. Amen. Did God speak to you, Pastor? I didn't say... Uh, uh, one clothes that you don't need anymore. I said what? Sunday best. Your Sunday best. Your Christmas dress. The one that you are saving. Saving for that day. Do you know what that, that does? Hello? Do you know what that does? That breaks that lack of compassion. The person you may give to may never say thank you, may not say thank you. It may not even fit them. They may not even want it. But that's, not, that's besides the point. The point is you are giving because yeah. it's more blessed to give. And you're not giving to the church. Because as I'm talking, you're thinking about the church. I don't want you to think about the church. I want you to think about others. Because it's about others. Hallelujah. See, I lost you again. I lost the church again. Jesus, help me. I'm losing the church today. <laughs> Luke 7, Luke 7:10. Now it happened that day that he went to a city of Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. And when he came near the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he, was, he had compassion on her and, did, and said to her, do not weep. And he went and touched the open coffin. And those who carried stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Then he, so he who was dead sat up and began to speak and he presented him to his mother. See compassion. Person is, you know, when you read the scripture and you look at the story as it is, you may not understand it. But the culture in those days, most widows did not work. So they relied on family. They relied on the son to work and bring them. So this woman had not only lost her son, but this woman had lost her livelihood. Her source of income was dead. She lost her job. She lost her marriage. She lost everything that was close and dear to her. Everything was lost. The rest were just following and sympathizing. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, you lost your job. Sorry. Oh, let's go and bury your job. Let's go and bury your son. Let's go and bury. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. No, that is not compassion. Compassion is not just feeling sorry, sympathy. No. Compassion is feeling sorry enough to do something about it. Amen. Let's resurrect your job. Let's look for a new job for you. Let's help you get back on your feet. Let's help you. We'll pay, I'll pay your first three months rent to get you back on your feet. I will help you. Come and stay with me. We don't talk like that no more. 
be in my space. Ah, I don't want anybody in my space. You are crying over space. One day you'll be in a box. Then you cry over the space in the coffin. We'll see whether you have any space. Don't want anybody in my room. I don't want anybody in my face. I don't want anybody in my Am I talking to us? Listen, most of us are young in this place. Learn how to be compassionate from now. You are sowing or you are investing in God. As you have done it to these unfortunate people, you have done it for me. Some people will be ungrateful. That is part of life. Some may never ever say thank you. That is part of life. But you never did it for them anyway. You did it for God. As much as you have done it for one of these little ones, you have done it for. Hallelujah. Move on. He feels compassion for the seeking ones. How many of us give a helping hand to those who are seeking? I don't know why you're always at peace. Why you always laugh? Why you always have? It seems as if you always a good in a good mood. What is it? They are seeking. Oh, it's just how I am. It's my proclivity. No, it's not. It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. It's Christ in you. Not that, oh, that is how I am. I bend that way. I'm always happy. You, no, 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 no. You are not always happy. You feel like, let's take Christ away from you and see whether you'll be happy. They are seeking. Have compassion on them. Tell them it's Christ. Help them to find their own salvation. Help them to find their God. Help them to get what makes you tick. Amen. Mark 10. Now he was going out on the road. And one ran, knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit the kingdom, the eternal life? And he answered, Why do you call me good? There is none good but God. You know the commandments. Go and do them. Next verse. And he answered and said, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus looked at him. Said, One thing you lack, go and sell whatever you have and come follow me. And um, the man said, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> For he was a man of great possessions. <laughs> Then he said, looking around, he said, how hard it is for the rich man to enter, those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. But this man was seeking. At least he was seeking. We have friends who are seeking. They may not seek in asking direct questions, but you can tell that they need something. Do you help them facilitate their meeting of Christ? Or you are thinking about yourself. How many are guilty in that department? Give me a wave. Father, help us. Help us. Help us. Our hands are up. Not so that we feel emotionally better. But we are asking for your enabling power to make us do better. Amen. Amen. Are we done? Hallelujah. Compassion is Christian. Did you hear what I said? Let's say it together. Compassion Compassion. is Christian. If you say Christianity, it's about compassion. Without compassion, there's no Christianity. Amen. Without compassion. Come with me to Psalm 146. Sorry, Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. The Lord 
Let's read it together. Ready? Go. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works.